seeds, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing, ball bun in country Countdown continues to the opener, and we continue to get you ready. Steve Sapaniak joins us from Predator Guide Service today. We'll talk with the commissioner of the DNR for a bit on the upcoming governor's fishing opener. We put the spotlight on another key body of water in Paul Bunyan country. Mark Bacigalupi of the Brainerd Area Fisheries Office joins us to talk about Gull Lake, and we go to Park Rapids to check out our Lake of the Week. It's all coming up on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, once again, today we're putting the spotlight on another key water in Paul Bunyan Country. We're headed down to the Brainerd Lakes area and taking a look at Gull Lake. We have Mark Bacigalupi, the Brainerd Area Fisheries Supervisor, joining me. And, you know, we talk about uh, a lot of the key lakes in the area. And for us up here, Red, Cass, Leech, Winnie, those are four big ones. Uh, down there, you got the Whitefish Chain, you got Malax, and then you got Gull Lake. And, uh, I tell you what, the Brainerd JCs have made Gull Lake a lake that pretty much everybody in the state knows about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I suppose ten thousand anglers a year uh, on the ice um, introduce. It. If you haven't been there for uh, uh, because you're going to Madden's or Craigans or Grandview or something like that or Ernie's, uh, you may go there for the ice fishing contest. I tell you what, yeah, that is a that is a well known event and a very famous event, no question about it. That is a lot of pressure for one day, uh, but it sure doesn't seem to affect the fishing on Gull Lake at all. Well, it, it's amazing, you know. Uh, they do a pretty good job. We're we're out there helping with the release tent. Almost all of those fish go back in good shape. Some of them have, are caught from from deeper water, and that's that's where a few of them die. And those are also donated to um, local charities. So, okay, well, Gull Lake is a real centerpiece for Brainerd, and uh, and there's a, like you mentioned a ton of resorts that are on it. Um, gets a lot of pressure, but boy, it's got a lot of fish too. Well, and you're talking ten thousand acres there when you add up some of the the basin's connected and don't forget that you can navigate over to round lake which is another two thousand acres um and uh so yeah you you have some recreational traffic as well but uh still a great multi-species fishery um one of the things about gall we we talk about walleyes quite a bit there and um it's one of the places where you still have some bigger northern pike and and there's a northern's ink tourney in the fall there and they they don't even register fish under 30 inches and they they have many entries uh wow. on their weekend tourney there so i didn't even know there was a northern zinc <laughs> <laughs> yep they're uh they're a club that's out there they're maybe a little lesser known than the uh the dark house spears but uh dedicated group to uh uh trophy trophy northern sizes and and they are releasing all those fish well i think that says a lot about gull in that there's a that you actually have a lake where you can have an event like that because there aren't many that that's possible yeah it's uh it's like lower density is the key 
in uh, getting good size, uh, good good growth and size there. The the yellow perch population, uh, we're actually studying that a little bit because you don't you're don't seeing the huge you're not seeing the huge numbers in our survey that we used to see, but it turns out that uh, the perch are are still there. They're just smaller, and you you aren't seeing those in our standard mesh sizes. You can see them if you use different gear though. So you've got uh, the trophy northerns. You've got um, you've got great walleye populations. Uh, what else do people fish for on gull? I, I've got to think it's one of those lakes just based on the size and the productivity that's got pretty much everything we want. Yeah, I think that there is some early fishing, early season crappie fishing where you can find crappies because they come into some of the warm up spots. Um, bass is a, is a big deal there. We've, we still are maintaining nice size quality on bass. And of course, because of all the accommodations out there, it's a place where, uh, bass tourneys come every year. Okay. Um, again, lots of, people on that lake lots of pressure on that lake lots of boats on that lake do we have any ais issues on that lake well uh zebra mussels are are in the lake um amazingly it does not have eurasian water milfoil with the number of visitors there um curly leaf has been there but um you know curly leaf pondweed's been in in lakes since the 80s in a lot of places and it's kind of um I would say, you know, it's there, but it isn't, uh, there's just a couple spots where it's at nuisance levels. Um, so, you know, doing pretty well, and and the three accesses on, on Gaul get monitored fairly closely. It, it, again, when it is a, uh, a cornerstone lake like that, there are so many stakeholders that are involved. You have homeowners, you have resort owners, you have anglers. You have recreational um, uh, water folks. Um, there's just a lot of people to try to keep happy on a lake like that. Definitely a lot of stakeholders there. Well, we work with the Gall Chain of Lakes Association. They're a good active group. Um, and and also, like you said, the, the uh, really kind of the epicenter of um, charity fishing tournaments, too. There's a, a number of uh, nonprofit organizations that do a good job featuring uh, outdoor activities and pursuits and also at the same time raising money for for the local charities. Okay. Uh, can, do, do you have any numbers on, on the, the, the volume of pressure that lake gets in the course of a year? Yeah, we, uh, we have conducted creel surveys. Uh, we did a little bit of a, a shorter version of a winter survey, but the last open water creel was in 2013 and we see numbers of anglers per acre really comparable to some of the the large lakes in the states out there and a lot of them are targeting walleye you mentioned gull chain of lakes so uh, there are other lakes uh, on that chain and and people can go from one to the other i presume yeah what we consider the chain of lakes are 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 all where you can navigate to the different water bodies so you can Go up to Upper Gull, uh, to Niswa Lake, to um, Margaret. Um, would, uh, you'd include Love Lake as a, a smaller little water body on the east side, and then you know down on the southern parts there, Wilson Bay and Steamboat Bay, where the big resorts are. Okay. Um, how again? How big is the lake? Well, the well, the main basin of Gull is. 
10,000 acres, you add up, um, when you add in round for 2,000 and some of those other water bodies, it's like 13,000 acres. Are there any muskies on the chain? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it was a, a subject of, of quite a lot of input back, um, well, around 2013. But um, in 2016, the first stocking of muskies went into the gull chain. And so those are five-year-old fish. The second stocking was in 2018, and we, we missed 2020 because of the pandemic. And so those are, we have a planned stocking for 2021. Okay. So you got some five-year-old muskies up there and some three-year-olds. We've seen a few reports of those incidentally being caught, and the growth rate looks really good on those. We're seeing some 30-inch, you know, mid-30-inch fish already. Okay. Um, I know that uh, in other lakes where muskies have been stocked, there there can be some controversy. What was the situation here? Well, the situation was that we were really just looking for a couple more lakes in the whole state of Minnesota to put muskies in. And uh, the gull chain met all the physical and biological characteristics. And any place you go with muskies, as you mentioned, it's a little bit controversial. Um, the the data showed that um, it, it was a good place biologically to go. And we had good um, social input on that, too. You know, if you talk to a fisherman, they they were they were supportive of it if if you might be a, a lakeshore resident that uh, sees people going by in boats every day then you might tend to be you know less favorable for it yeah well i have uh, i've never seen a lake that muskies were introduced in that uh, negatively impacted the fishery it just doesn't seem to happen and plus on that particular lake you got plenty of room well, we have that the really good, solid scientific backing on on that. We're really confident that, um, for biolog from a biological standpoint, muskies will do well, and 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 we don't want walleye fishing to go south. So we're we're confident that we're going to be able to keep that walleye fishing going. Okay. Well, again, it is a, it is a well-known lake. It's a very popular lake, and we talked about the, all the stakeholders. Um, and usually when there's a lake uh, that that has that kind of pressure, um, it, it more often than not can withstand it pretty well. That's why it kind of builds up to that. But has there ever been any pressure on any particular uh, fishery that, that has had you guys concerned in the past? Well, we were watching uh, Gull Lake very carefully. You know, Pelican was another big lake in the area, 8,000 acres, that... Um, has had a dip in in walleye numbers in the recent past, and we're talking, you know, over the past ten years time frame. Um, Gull has rebounded really nicely, um, and and one of the things going on there is that uh, we put annual fry in the big lakes in the Brainerd area. Gull is one of them. Two point eight million fry go in every year. Uh, and what we're seeing, and then we monitor in the fall to see if those uh, fry have survived. And what we're seeing in the last five or so years, or five or six years, is that the fry are not surviving as well. Mm-hmm. And that has really, still within the confines of our management plan, triggered contingency uh, fingerling stockings. So in 2018 and 2020, uh, you, you could call it supplemental fingerling stocking has occurred. And we're seeing really good uh, response from those. In fact, the 2018 year class looks looks really strong. So those are 12, 13, 14-inch 
fish right now. And uh, uh, we hope to see, you know, that sustain a really nice eater size fishery for the next few years and and backed up by uh, hopefully a 2020 class too. Okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see uh, down the road uh, how quickly we get to some of those uh, 50-inch muskies, but uh, I'm sure the muskie anglers are waiting for that. Yeah, I think that uh, they've been waiting on that for a long time, and um, in some respects, five years goes by quickly, and sometimes it seems like it's a long time, too. Yeah. Well, Mark, anything else about Gull Lake we should know about before we wrap it up? Well, I'll just say, you know, Gull Lake's doing well. We're monitoring that one closely, as close as really the large lakes. We have a yellow perch study going on there. We're watching walleyes. We're watching muskies. We get data coming in from the bass tourneys, and uh, we're we're going well there. And uh, just appreciate everybody's um, work on cooperative efforts out there. I always do this uh, when I'm doing one of our feature lakes, so I'll uh, ask you, Mark, if you were a teacher and Gull was your student, what grade would you give it right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'd give Gull an A. Good enough. I kind of thought you probably would. Uh, That's that's good news. Well, Mark Bacigalupi is the Brainerd Area Fishery Supervisor. We're taking a close look at Gull Lake today. Mark, thank you for all the insight. We appreciate it. Good to be on, as always. Later on in the show, we head to the Park Rapids area to check out our Lake of the Week. But up next, Steve Sapaniak gets us ready for the opener. And we hear from the commissioner of the DNR as she gets ready for the governor's fishing opener. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, let's check in with Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service. The opener, Steve, is here, uh, and I presume you are ready. I'm ready. I'm chopping at the bit, Kevin, to get out and get some fishing in. You know, got a couple trips lined up for walleye and then northern pike. So, uh, yeah, I've been picking up bait and everything. It's been fun. It's been going good. Like I said, I'm chomping at the bit. I'm like a little kid. I'm giddy. I can't sleep at night two nights before. It's terrible, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What can I say? <laughs> well, I think what's going to be really interesting this year is it's not good. You don't have to be hardcore to get out there. The weather's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to bring a lot of people out and everything. A uh, little, little hint, you know, my area, Malax Lake and everything, uh, maybe get out there early, folks. Get, if you can get out there at the crack of dawn to that landing, you might beat the crowd. It can be quite interesting. But, uh, yeah, I would say get out there early or get out at the crack of, uh, you know, 1201 you can fish. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, bait, you know, Kevin, I know you and I have been talking the last couple of weeks. I love Love to soak a leech below a bobber, and I love the lindy rig. But also, you know, I was thinking, you know, as a guide, I'm going to have a good selection of shiner minnows and red-tailed chubs. You know, you got to be prepared. You know, that's the key when you're walleye fishing. Have anything and everything in your favor. Don't be the one that's out there. Everybody else is catching fish, and you don't have that bait. It can be very hard to swallow. Yeah, and I think if you're out with a with a group, I think uh, you know we got to have a game plan. To have everybody try a little something different until we figure out which one's working. 
Exactly. You know, it's the same like with muskie fishing. You know, if I got three of us in the boat, everybody has a different lure on until we figure out what the muskies are after or the northern pike are after, then we can all switch accordingly. And with that kind of attitude, it's not going to take long. But don't expect neither to be slowly going with a lindy rig and then expect someone in the boat to be pulling a crawler harness. You got to go much faster. So, you know, work accordingly. You could pull a lindy rig and the next person could do some jigging. That's something to keep in mind. So that works out perfectly, too. Steve, early in the year, the walleyes just don't seem to be as driven by time of day as other uh, other times. Other than the fact that you want to beat the crowd, uh, there's not a great necessity to be on the water right away, is there? No, the only reason I like to get up there at the crack of dawn, Kevin, is you know, especially early in the season, you're absolutely right. There's no need to be the first one out there. But I like to get out there early just so I got a spot to park. <laughs> I can remember quite a few years, you know, trying to trying to find a place to park, and then you end up walking over a quarter mile back to get to your boat and everything. I just assume be on the water by 7, 7.30, but, you know, trying to find that spot is necessary. Uh, as far as the walleyes biting just about all morning long, definitely so. You know, I'm going to be checking the humps nearby shore and everything. I'm going to be checking around the sandbars by shore, and as soon as I see them, we're going to start fishing. I'm the kind of guide, Kevin, that if I don't see fish on the sonar, I'm not going to waste my client's time. We're not going to fish till we find them. Is uh, Malax typically a good opener lake, or are they a lake that's uh, good from, you know, throughout the whole year? That's a great question, Kevin. Malax Lake, with the way the weather's been the last couple of weeks and everything, Kevin, we're going to have a great opener. Water temperature is getting there where it should be. It all depends, like I said last week, where you go. This lake fluctuates in different areas from north to south, east to west. But all in all, it should be a good opener. You're going to have a lot of points and pockets, you know, for people to fish, you know, in the weeds. That's always a good spot, folks. While I love the weeds, you're going to be doing a lot of sandbar fishing on the edges and the break lines, especially where it transitions from Kevin from sand to rubble and rock. You're going to have a lot of good success there. And then fish the points, like Indian Point is a good area to fish. You know, uh, a lot of the flats on the locks, like Becker Flat, close to shore, are good areas to fish, as well as the rock reefs. You know, you've got Doe Island, you've got Anderson's Reef, you've got Rocky Reefs, and you've got about 30 others. They're all close to shore, and they're all going to be good fishing. Thing about Milax, just to keep in mind, obviously uh, you can catch and release all you want, and you'll find plenty of action, but uh, you got to be a little bit discerning because you can only keep one. Only keep one, 21 to 23, or one over 28. And then, you know, Kevin, those older ones over 28 inches, you know, I know we've had a few a couple years ago that uh, didn't make it. And, uh, you know, my clients ended up keeping them when you could do this many years ago. And I filleted them up a couple times, cut them in half, and I chopped them into small squares, an inch and a half thick, battered them and deep fried them. They were pretty darn good. So, you know, if anything happens with the big walleye, folks, that's another good option if you can keep them. Okay. You mentioned you're going to try some pike fishing this weekend as well. I am. I'm excited for pike fishing, too. Uh, we're going to go with the one-two punch. I got a father and son team. They're going to be casting lures, spinner baits, plugs, crankbaits, and I'm going to be dragging a sucker minnow behind the boat. Uh, fishing really slow. We're moving slow, about a half mile an hour. Now, legally, if uh, the bobber goes down, one of my guys can wind up their line, put it down, and they can take the bobber. So, yeah, it's a win-win situation. We've had days where we've taken northern pike up to 24 pounds on some spots with the sucker minnow, and the very next day, they won't touch a sucker minnow, but we've taken them up to the 20-pound mark on lures. So uh, early in the season is a dynamite time for big pike on Mille Lacs Lake, as well as September. You know, September is just incredible. We had one day there. We had five fish over 40 inches. That's pretty good fishing. I know the DNR and and, uh, and anglers are working very hard to get more 
large pike in more lakes, but it's a it's a process that the beauty of Malax you are one of those lakes that still have the big pike. They do have the big pike, Kevin, and you know what's going to ensure that we have big pike for our grandchildren and their children and everything is, you know, when you get that big one, take a picture and release it. You know, if, mm-hmm. you, if you're a spear and everything in the wintertime, that's fantastic. You know, if you already got one under 40 inches underneath your belt, you don't need to harpoon another one. You know, wait for the smaller one, you know, to each their own. But it's a fantastic fishery for big pike. I have guided people from every state in the Union for Northern Pike, Trophy Pike, and just about every country in the world. So that says a lot. People want to fish this lake because it's, it's well known for trophy fish. For those who are not going to be on Malax, general walleye tips for the opening weekend. If you're not going to be on Malax Lake, you're going to be on one of the smaller lakes within the area. You know, try to keep in mind, you know, a live bait presentation is going to be good. I would definitely go with a four to five foot snell and a shiner minnow hooked on a red hook. Gamagatsu hook, like a number 10, or excuse me, not 10, like a number six would be good. Touch bottom and barely lift up. You could also go, Kevin, with walleye presentation with a leech under a bobber or a shiner minnow under a bobber fish no more than uh, half a foot to a foot off the bottom on any lake around the area that's always a great option for walleye fishing all right steve if uh, somebody wants to book a trip with you sometime this summer how do they go about doing that thank you kevin great question check out my website folks i think you'll like it you know www of course predatorguideservice.com all one word predatorguideservice.com. Check out, you'll see some really big muskies up to uh, just below the 50-pound mark, big northern pike, big walleyes. Been lucky over the years. A good Lord shines on us once in a while, you know, and he's a fisherman too, so there's something to be said. (laughs) Yeah, check out my website, predatorguideservice.com. All right, Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service with us. Steve, I can't wait to hear how it goes uh, when we talk again next week, but promise me you won't lie about it. We might stretch a might stretch a couple of inches. That'd be it, Kevin. <laughs> okay, all right, Steve. <laughs> thanks for your time. Have a great weekend. My pleasure, sir. You as well. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. I want to thank the commissioner of the DNR, Sarah Stroman. She uh, actually set aside an hour for me the other day to talk about everything in the natural resources world. And we certainly did. And you are going to be hearing from the commissioner in the coming weeks on any number of topics. But today, just a little bit of talk about fishing as the governor's fishing opener is back in Ottertail County. We have the uh, fishing opener coming up this weekend. Of course, the governor's opener is back in a sort of way at Ottertail County this year. Um, but of course, one of the keys last year, in addition to using the parks and trails and those types of things more, uh, we, I think we touched on it, fishing and hunting uh, license sales went way up. And I was talking to Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Manager here in Bemidji, and he was telling me that they saw, uh, once again, an increase in the trout fishing stamps sold down in the southeast part of the state, which was kind of the precursor of last year's growth. So, uh, once again, in 2021, we are seeing an increase in license sales as we get ready for the opener. Um, that you know that's just so good for the state in so many ways uh not only for getting people outside fishing but the the myriad of businesses that rely on people fishing to to make a go of it it truly is and and um one of the things that i heard last year uh is i 
um, was out fishing and, and stopped in stores. And, you know, probably anybody who's an angler, uh, if you went into a, a bait shop or a sporting goods shop, uh, the shelves were got pretty empty by the end of the year. It was hard to find a fishing rod or, or a reel or um, tackle. And, and I know it was the same for bait um, because so many people were uh, out enjoying those activities and, and out, um, you know, purchasing equipment. So clearly, um, you know, that's, that's really great uh, for those businesses. And uh, many that I've been in this spring are, are restocked and, and ready to go. They're not, they're not quite as empty. So hopefully uh, they'll have a good year. And, you know, now uh, restaurants are open again. Um, you know, people are, are starting to travel again. So I think uh, we'll start to see some of that activity come back that is, that is so tied to the outdoor activities. And, and I know I'm really excited to head out to Ottertail County later this week for some fishing. So how is the uh, governor's opener going to work this year? Well, it will be a little bit different um, this year than it has been in the past um, in that there will be fewer uh, in-person activities and sort of whole community activities. But I think Ottertail County uh, is the host has done a really nice job in making this event uh, go off but but be ready to be COVID safe too. And so they put together some really nice options of uh, outdoor activities and, and they, I think, call it find your inner otter. So if you're an outdoorsy otter, you know, they, they recommend a slate of uh, activities. If you're, um, you know, somebody that more uh, enjoys the, the shopping and dining, uh, if that's your inner otter, then they have a list of things that you can do for that. So really, I think, a good way to promote uh, the community, what it has to offer to promote the businesses, to promote uh, the outdoors. And um, still, still have people able to get out. There will be some, um, you know, a, a Saturday fishing event um, with a, a group send off. And so, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think it's going to be different, but I think it's going to be really fun and a, and a great way to experience, you know, just an incredible uh, part of the state that that has an amazing number of of lakes and and a diversity of angling opportunities. Yeah, I think it's the county with the most lakes in in the state. Yeah. Again, my thanks to Commissioner Sarah Stroman, who was gracious with her time earlier in the week. And again, you'll want to keep listening to the show because in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about every possible topic you can involving natural resources. If you're an outdoor person, you need to be listening for that. But now it's... Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, holy cow! Checking in to the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office, we have fisheries specialist Scott Mum joining us. Scott, thanks for uh, being part of the show today. We appreciate it. You bet, Kevin. So we're going to talk about Pickerel Lake, and Pickerel Lake is uh, one of those uh, fun lakes we have all over the North Country. Uh, few hundred acres, not real, real small, but certainly not a big lake, and and just they dot dot our whole area, and uh, usually they've got some gems in there, and I don't think Pickerel's any different in that regard. No, it's a very nice lake, like I said, about 310 acres. It's got a really good largemouth bass population um, and um, some crappies and, and panfish, so it's just a nice, small, fun fishing lake. Got all those things that uh, you can bring the kids to give you some action. Crappies, bluegills, uh, bass, and definitely plenty of northerns, it looks like. Yep, yep. It's got, it's got a lot of small northerns. Um, it's got really good bass population. The crop, uh, crappies are not too bad, just nothing real big, but some e- eating-sized crappies. Bluegills tend to run a, 
run a little small, but you get some action, and it has a, um, a bonus walleye population in there as well. Yeah, bonus walleye population, not a ton per net, but uh, really nice average size, it looks like, uh, for, for those who do catch a walleye. Yeah, it, it's kind of a, just like I said, a bonus little sleeper lake there, at av- long-term average, about two or three walleyes per gill net, but perfect eating size, and it's just, just kind of a, an overlooked little little lake to fish. So what is it about all of these small lakes we have throughout uh, Paul Bunyan country that make them so good for, for all those good action fish, the crappies, the bluegills, the northerns, the bass? What, what, what's going on in those lakes that make them so profitable? We have just excellent um, habitat, Kevin. Just got good water, water quality. It's, it's got good vegetation mixture, but the water quality and habitat is the key, and that's why we're we're lucky in Hubbard County and throughout the region here to have uh, good fish populations. One of the things that uh, you guys have done really well in in Hubbard County is really uh, take control uh, as best you can, and that's not just you guys. It's it's the it's the community in which you live of the AIS situation. Uh, what about the Pickerel Lake? How's the AIS situation there? Currently in Pickerel Lake, there's no aquatic evasive species in the lake, and and you're right. Uh, Hubbard County has done a real good good job, and there's just a lot of support in the area for doing the, the best we can to to keep keep them out of the lakes. So where would we find Pickerel Lake exactly? Um, from Bemidji, go, ho- go south on Highway 71 to the town of Lake George, then go south on Hubbard County 4, go about 11 miles south of Lake George on County Road 4, and then you'll see the Pickerel Lake on the west side, and it'll be a public access size, a public access sign, and then turn, uh, turn right there, go west on Happy Drive. Okay, it's uh, so it's 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 kind of out of the way a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a nice quiet lake. I mean, if there's moderate development cabins around the lake, but it's just a small quiet fishing lake, and it it doesn't get the um, really a much much fishing pressure. It gets moderate on the weekends, but during the weekday, it's pretty light. So it's so I'm making all the people who uh, live on Pickerel Lake mad at me. Is basically what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's a gravel um, gravel um, uh, a deal there to get onto the lake, but is it uh, easy? Um, for, as far as the, the access, yeah. the gravel access, um, yeah, it's, it's got a good access, good hard bottom. You can launch anything. One little slight downsize is, is parking space is a little limited. Um, three or four rigs, um, depending on how people park, but somehow it always works out. People get in there and are able to to park and, and launch. So when it comes to lakes like this, because there are so many of them, and, and you've got all, all the big ones to look at, too, how often do you get a chance to, to actually sample these lakes? Um, depends on the size of the lake. We usually, on pickerel, we're about there about every five years Okay, for doing a, a regular fishery survey. So you're about due. Yes, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, from your perspective, I mean, do you enjoy that when you get to go on some of these lakes that you probably don't get to go on much beyond that uh, every five to six years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we enjoy we enjoy our survey work, and then I also enjoy uh, after work when I take the boat out there and try to catch some bass, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, again, you, you say a little bit of pressure on the weekends, but really not a lake that's that's going to be going crazy. No, I, I really, it's light to moderate pressure for this area, and, and, and really during the weekdays it's pretty quiet and, and very peaceful. And, you know, 
you'll see you know small boats, canoes, kayaks. I mean, it's just a it's a nice place to fish. I think the nice thing about lakes like that, with the type of fish that are in there, is you know average dad and and kids. They don't have to have a bunch of specialty gear. I mean, just your basic rod, reel, and tackle is going to do you well on that lake. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's small enough, and and the habitat there, you, you can just just go around the lake in a little bit, and you something usually find something biting, either you know small pike or bass or or the bluegills or, or crappies. So, yeah, so something's biting most of the time, not really a lake you have to worry about being on in a specific time of year or a specific time of day. No, I think it's, like I said, it's, a, it's just a good good fishing lake is what I like to call it. All right. Scott, anything else about pickerel you want to make sure we know? Um, like I said, it's just a, just kind of an overlooked quiet lake in there, and, and it's just got a really nice largemouth bass population, and, and uh, like I said, and a bonus little walleye population, and and you got to work through the panfish a little small, but overall a really nice, healthy fish population. Scott Mum of the Park Rapids Area Fisheries Office. He's a fishery specialist there talking about this week's Lake of the Week. It's Pickerel Lake. Hey, Scott, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. You bet, Kevin. Thank you. Well, we're going to wrap up the week tomorrow, getting you ready for the opener yet again. Two of the best. They've been through a few openers in their time. Will join us, Toby Kavalivog of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and of course, the incomparable Brian Bro Brosdahl. They'll both be here to help get you ready for the opener. That's it for today. Don't forget, you can always listen on the podcast. Oftentimes, there's bonus content on the podcast, so you can subscribe at Podcast One on the Pod MN app, which also gets you access to hundreds of other Minnesota-based podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Now we go on fishing. <laughs> Bye-bye, <young> country. <laughs>